0: Uh, job is still going through uh, a terrible time in his life uh, amazing loss um, that he uh, suffers and um, it's uh, it's significant that his his wealth his prosperity is measured by the livestock that he has and that's why they they count the cattle the donkeys and camels and all that stuff, because that was significant of wealth back in his day. And uh, he's lost all of that now. And um, he feels like uh, he is uh, just wandering. And so Job 29 and 2, you can hear uh, the longing in his voice, Oh, that I were as in months past. As in the days when God preserved me, when His candle shined upon my head, and when by His light I walked through darkness, and um, he he's walking through darkness, in very uh, drastic darkness at this point, but he's trusting that the Lord is going to bring him through that darkness. Amen. And thank God we can trust the Lord when we're going through dark times. And I'm thankful that the blessing of the Lord is real. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. You know, uh, I looked at the newspaper on Wednesday. Well, actually, Wednesday and Saturday are the only two editions now. So Wednesday, uh, I looked at the Daylight Darkness Uh, aspect, and 26 seconds were lost on Wednesday. I don't know how many were today, but guess what happens tomorrow? (laughs) Praise God. That dash is going to have a vertical slash go through it. Praise God. And we're going to start adding daylight. Amen. Praise God. So something we can celebrate as well as Christmas here. Praise God. But imagine how long uh, this difficulty uh, or or difficulties, plural, that uh, Job endured, how long it lasted. He says in months past. I guess that's kind of an indication of how long he's been enduring this. I don't think it was for days or even weeks. I think it went on uh, for months uh, as he, oh, I wish I was in months past. I wish it was back the way it was. And so it's a long, goodness, a long time to endure what he went through. And the only commentary in the Old Testament he's mentioned in several books, but the only time mentioned in the New Testament is in the book of James, James 5 and 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Um, Job was enduring, but I don't think he was very happy. I think what James is getting at is when you come through du- enduring, when you get through the trial and, um, and God has brought you through, there's a, there's a relief, there's a happiness, there's a uh, a thankfulness, a gratitude that wells up within you. God, you brought me through. I walked through darkness, but your light was upon me. Praise God. And so James goes on, 5 and 11, You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Now, very pitiful, as we, we use that phrase, you know, that something so pitiful, it means it's so... Small, so little, so insignificant, uh, so weak. Uh, That—that's not what that means. That's that's saying the Lord is full of mercy, the Lord is tender, the Lord is able to provide. And so, thank God that uh, Job was able to hold on. And we see. Uh, I like to. You know, we. I'm ignoring the losses and and uh, the inventory of, of everything and, uh, and the problems and so on. And I'm going right into his responses. And we'll just cover them here briefly as we get into the idea of walking through darkness. The integrity and hope that, uh, that Job manifest. Uh, of course, in uh, chapter 1 and verse 20, uh, he, he worshiped. He worshiped. He, and, and the very next verse, verse 21 He said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He wasn't jumping up and down at that time. He wasn't doing a joyful dance and uh, stomping the devil and that sort of thing. Uh, But he was holding on to the aspect that the name of the Lord is to be praised. The name of the Lord is to be blessed. Praise God. He goes on. uh, Chapter 9 and verse 10. He relays the idea that god does great things and he goes on to say wonders without number see he's what he's doing is looking back at what god has done for him and doing great things wonders without number he knows how wonderful how powerful how blessed he is in all of those circumstances in chapter 13 verse 15 he he, uh, he makes a, a strong statement of trust. Though he slay me, and of course the Lord wasn't slaying him, uh, but he was definitely going through a tough spot. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain my ways before him. He was, he's determined, I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to turn away. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep following. Praise God. 19 and 25, he says, I know my Redeemer liveth. Praise God. He's my Redeemer. He's alive. He's not dead. He's going to provide for me. And then finally, uh, 23 and 10, he said, when he hath tried me. And he realizes that's what's happening. That's what's going on. That's what he's enduring at this time. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He knew the value of, that would result from that time. He knew it wasn't. He wasn't going to come out just a burned-up crisp and uh, a shell of what he was. He knew God was going to provide for him, and the value of that time that he's enduring and he's going through is going to be revealed. Not literal gold, of course. Even though the Lord did, the Lord did double his blessing, and provide for him in that way. Uh, but he's recognizing. My faith is going to be stronger. My trust is going to be in place. My God is not going to forsake me. And uh, his word is going to be fulfilled. So he continued to walk through darkness. The shadow of death is mentioned nine times uh, in the book of Job. The shadow of death. Uh, we, We are more familiar with it probably in Psalm 23. But nine times in the book of Job. And seven of those nine, Job is the one who said it. And uh, he's recognizing that's where I am. And uh, that's what I'm enduring. That's what I'm going through. Uh, we know he, he could have cursed God and died because of the advice that one gave him. And he was in the darkest valley that he had ever experienced. No doubt um, he could look back as well and say, I've, I've never been through something like this before. I've never had everything taken from me, including my health. I've never had people come uh, who are supposed to comfort me. Instead, they accuse me. And uh, I've, I've never had these experiences. But uh, that, that was what he was holding on to. David's psalm, as we mentioned, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And uh, that, that was David's expression uh, in Psalm 23, and uh, comforted by uh, the rod and staff of the Lord, the rod and staff of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, uh, and he would express that confidence as well. Uh, knowing that the Lord would be there and protect him, provide for him, minister to him. And so uh, the valley of the shadow of death, that would be, that would be pretty hard. But you keep in mind, uh, and of course here in Alaska, we, 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 we've been, um, uh, experienced this many, many times. The valley gets dark before the mountaintops when the sun is setting. And you're in the valley... The darkness comes pretty pretty soon. But when you're on the mountaintop, man, the vista is way out there. It's, it's pretty amazing. The key to overcoming, the key to victory in this situation is to keep your eyes on the Lord. Amen. I, I read Psalm 23 and uh, got the feeling that uh, David is talking like a two-year-old. All the me, my mine, and uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to count them. How many times does I, my, me, mine show up? 17. Quite a few, only six verses. Then I thought, well, wait a minute. If you're keeping your eyes on the Lord, then there's got to be references to him. So I counted up the Lord's, the he, the thou, thy, and there's 12 of them. So that's not quite a balance, but it's not left out either. And that's what we need to do. Don't leave it out. Don't think the Lord left you and and you're on your own. No, you recognize the Lord is going to be there to provide for you as well. Praise God. Now, the prophecy about the Messiah in Isaiah 9 and 2. Isaiah 9 and 2 mentions the shadow of death. And the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Praise God. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Praise God. I'm glad for the emphasis upon the light. And notice how it doesn't say the valley of the shadow of death. It, it, it says the land as though the whole... Vista, The whole geographical formation there is in darkness, not just a a, a valley, a dip uh, in, in the terrain, but a great light shined, praise God. And besides that, the only way a shadow can form is for a light to shine. And so there is a light shining, praise God, even though there's a shadow of death, and we may be going through that. Uh, thank God the light is there, and uh, we can keep going, because his light will shine. Amen. Now, um, John 3, yeah, John 3, uh, the Lord talks about light, and, uh, and he talks about condemnation. He talks about darkness, and he says this is the condemnation, that men loved darkness rather than light. And I'm, I'm, I'm left puzzled to wonder how could that be? Well, uh, again, it, it's uh, the carnal nature of man to move away from the things of God into the things of, uh, of self and humanity and flesh, and, um, and they refuse the light and choose, rather, to do uh, the deeds of darkness. Well, judgment is going to come. Job was not being judged by the Lord. He was being tested. And he was being used as an example. Um, Satan came, and uh, the Lord said, Have you considered my servant Job? Twice he said it, identifying my servant Job. And uh, then, of course, the, uh, the challenge was made. Now, uh, that may seem rather um, unfair for Job to be put in those predicaments uh, just to be an example. But uh, there are good things that come out of it as well, just as we read those statements Uh, by Job and his response Uh, though I'm walking through darkness I'm still going to have faith I'm still going to trust I'm still going to believe he's going to bring me forth you know all of those things that we read he's going to hold on praise God but Israel in, in Jeremiah 25 10 is a warning and Job is trying to let them know you're going into captivity there's going to be judgment there's going to be situations that come your way. Turn to the Lord. Repent. Don't keep going the way you're going. Do away with your idols. All of the, all of the prophets uh, have that kind of a warning. And uh, here the Lord says, Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth. And there's all of these different voices that are listed now the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones, and the light of the candle. Those voices all speak of good times, of uh, positive situations, of things that are good. And the the sound of the millstone, apparently, the, the millstone being still, not doing any grinding because there's no grain. The harvest is, is gone, and uh, difficult times uh, come uh, to the Lord, and um, then he says the light of the candle is going to be taken from them as well. The candle may seem to be a pretty meager source of light. When the power goes off and we're, we have to resort to candles and uh, kerosene lamps and, and, uh, and so on, um, that, that, that light is pretty small. You can see why the pioneers uh, did the early to bed and early to rise. Makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise, and so on. Because they couldn't see anything. <laughs> Might as well go to bed and wait until it's daylight and get up again and uh, and do the work. But it, the Lord says, I'm even going to take the light of the candle from them. And that was the judgment because they were choosing to walk in darkness of idol worship you know uh, Jeremiah challenges them you know you take wood to burn and then you carve it to be a god and you put ears on it but they can't hear you put eyes on it but you can't see put hands on them they can't reach out to you it, it, you know he's, he's challenging the foolishness of it but you have to remember that they are learning from the the people who inhabited uh, the land of Canaan, as they were coming in, there, were, there was terrible practices that went along with idolatry. It wasn't just giving a sacrifice to a dumb idol. There was sexual sin. There was perversion. There was uh, uh, intoxicants. There was all of the, the pleasures of the flesh that went along with that idol worship, and that's what was being condemned as well as praying to a piece of wood and and so um, the Lord is telling them you know you're you're going to lose I'm going to take these voices of gladness away from you there won't be any mirth there won't be any joy for the bridegroom and the bride and um, and even the light of the candle now Zephaniah 1 and 12 the Lord uses a candle. He says, I'm going to search Jerusalem with candles. And uh, he uh, he he uses that form of illumination because just as you know, uh, a candle's got to be almost right on top of what you're reading, or right alongside, I should say. And... uh, you know a glass of water or a jar of water or whatever can magnify that light a little bit all these little tricks uh, of trying to increase the illumination but it's still real small you got to you got to hold that candlestick right there in order to see that's what the lord says he's going to do he's going to get real close it's not going to be an, a far off observation that he's that he's going to make even though he could do that He's still trying to get it in man's imagination how close he's going to be to that situation and judgment is going to be given instead of blessing. I'm going to punish the men that are settled on their lees that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. And uh, they're just indifferent, apathetic, so what? We can live however we want, we can do whatever we want. It doesn't make any difference. But the Lord is gonna exercise close scrutiny in his search. And the punishment is gonna be for those who are complacent and just feel like doesn't matter. All right. But their hearts are not right in saying the Lord will not do good or evil. You know, and doesn't matter what we do. Doesn't matter how we live. Doesn't matter what is said. Indifferent to right and wrong, and, and punishment because of that darkness. But praise God, we can be delivered from darkness. Amen. First uh, Peter two and nine, uh, the the levels of privilege and responsibility given. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. And, uh, you know, those aspects of you're special to the Lord. You have responsibilities before the Lord. You're doing things for the Lord. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. I thank the Lord uh, for that, uh, that, that place uh, he has brought us to from darkness. Amen. And his light is marvelous and what it displays of God's character. That's what the light does. The light illuminates what God can do. Uh, his love, his kindness, his mercy, his, uh, his compassion, his uh, grace, his joy, his peace, his comfort. All of that is illuminated in the light, and he's saying, this is what I can do for you. This is what I can provide for you. This is how I can bless you. Praise God. That's why we're to live in the light, as he is in the light. Amen. To continue on in that. Uh, Saul of Tarsus was delivered by a great light, and that was often the theme that he used to testify. I saw a great light. You know, he, he, would, he, would, uh, he, he didn't get tired of telling it. And he, he didn't feel like he needed to go on to uh, greater, more in-depth things uh, to testify about God's goodness. Neither should we. Go ahead and tell about being converted, praise God, um, because that experience is powerful. And uh, that's what Paul did. I saw a great light. And then he was given a ministry to turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. He's telling the king this, King Agrippa. He's letting him know, this is what the Lord told me to do. Turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan to the power of God. Amen. And thank the Lord. That's, that's what we can uh, experience as well and let others know as well. Colossians 1 and 13. Um, the power of darkness is mentioned here. And Ephesians 6, you know, where Paul lists the adversaries. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But, but against rulers of darkness and uh, the people in high places, all of those things that he says we wrestle against. It's not flesh and blood. It's spiritual things. And because we've been delivered from the power of darkness and we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, thank God that that's the power and the strength that we can understand and be blessed. The power of darkness being defeated by divine light. We're being delivered from that power of darkness. Praise God. Uh, The uh, translation uh, word is translated in the NLT as transfer. We've been transferred. Praise God. And we we, um, need to continue in that transfer, not make our way back to elements of darkness, and uh, what, what would hold us down and hold us back, but to move into that realm of power and light that the Lord wants to display in our lives because He is light. Praise God. John, 1 John 1 and 5, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Praise God. I'm, I know I'm going a little fast, but uh, Amelia, if you can put those up uh, as we move along here. I think it'll be helpful as well to be able to look at what the Word of God says. So when God said, let there be light, um, it, it was a, uh, an act of creation that was very, very powerful. And it was a principle of separation. He divided the light from the darkness, and that's what he wants us to do as well. Don't, don't dwell in the darkness. No, move to light. Let there be that separation. Let there be that division. Let's continue uh, to walk in the light. Um, he's, he says, uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians, what communion hath light with darkness? You know, there, there's, no, there's no connection. It's, um, it's very simple. You flip the light on, uh, going into a room, and uh, the darkness is gone. The light is there. Praise God. And, um, and that simple as well for us to eliminate elements of darkness in our lives, darkness being sin, uh, being rebellion, being uh, unbelief, uh, move into the realm of light and the power of God because that's what he desires to do. First uh, John 1 and 7, again, uh, very familiar passages, but one ones that we can... Uh, delight in uh, again and again. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. Praise God. That is a powerful statement. And I'm thankful that all sin has to be subjected to the blood of Jesus Christ as we walk in the light. Amen. And that light shows us Areas that we need to change. Uh, Things that we need to do. It's called conviction. (laughs) Amen. And thank God repentance is something that we can do uh, as we follow the Lord. Not justify, not explain, not excuse, but repent. And ask the Lord for forgiveness. Ask the Lord for cleansing and uh, the change that he's able to bring because light brings change. Thank God. And we trust the Lord for the light and darkness. Psalm eighteen. Remember that Psalm eighteen uh, is the same as a passage in Samuel, where David is rejoicing in deliverance. Psalm eighteen twenty-eight. He he rejoices that the Lord will light his candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Uh, that's, that's the, you know, the devil loves darkness. The devil is a prince of darkness. And he tries to bring darkness into our situations. But I'm thankful we can ask the Lord, Oh God, I need you to light my candle. I need you to enlighten my darkness. Praise God. And thank the Lord that's exactly what he does. In John chapter 8, verse 12, uh, The Lord says, I am the light of the world. Now he says this after the woman taken in adultery has been delivered. She's uncondemned. She's told, sin no more. I think it's significant that he makes the statement, I am the light of the world at that time because he's letting them know I can deliver from sin. I can deliver from a lifestyle that's going to drag you down instead of lift you up. Praise God. He goes on to say there uh, in John 8 and 12, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. Chapter 9 and verse 5, he says it again I am the light of the world. What has just happened? The man born blind has been healed. Spiritual needs, physical needs, the light of the world takes care of them both. Praise God. And thank the Lord. That's who we serve. It's his light that we walk in. It's his power that we're able to rejoice in. And then he says it again, um, a little bit of a different phrase, John 12 and 46. and uh, But yet he's... He's making reference to the fact that he's the light of the world. Praise God, and thank the Lord that there's uh, that uh, that blessing of light that he continues uh, to reveal to us. Amen. And uh, there are times of uh, of uh, darkness in terms of what the world hands us and uh, the unfairness of situations and. Difficulties that we face, but thank God we can hold on and let the Lord bring his light. Just like Job held on and God had him pray for his friends. Praying for your friends, real important, brings blessing to you. Amen. Just like it brought blessing to Job. Pray for your friends, You know, those comforters. And then Job's health and his wealth were both restored. And he had twice as much as he had before. Double blessing, praise God. A divine double portion. Because that's what the Lord delights in doing. And how much longer does Job live? 140 years. And how many generations does he see? Four. He had the privilege of being a blessing to four generations. The Bible says David served his own generation by the will of God. And thank the Lord Job had influence in four generations. God help us to be an influence in every generation that the Lord blesses us to see. Amen. And uh, pass that blessing on and, uh, and uh, uh, serve the Lord in his light. Restoration of God's work for Job uh, is what he longed for. That's, that's what he desired. Uh, we see the passage that we read, Job 29 uh, two through five, you go down to verse five, um, he's, he's praying for God to preserve him. That's what the Lord did. He, he wanted his candle uh, to shine upon his head. The Lord did. And by his light, he walked through darkness. You know, he's, he's uh, for what he prayed for, that's what happened. And he knows that the Lord has provided for him. God was present in his house. The Almighty was with him. And uh, that's what he desired that's what he held on for praise god and thank the lord we can live in the light we can walk in that light look at second corinthians 4 and 4 i I really uh second corinthians 4 and uh, the passages there beginning at verse 4 on down to 7 just uh, a delight to read again and again because of uh, the light aspect that's there the gods of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Um, The the unbelief that people hold on to um, contributes to blinding their minds. And not only that, Ephesians 4 and 18 talks about the blindness of heart. And uh, Paul uh, in, in Ephesians 4 and 18, is writing about Gentiles who don't know God because of their lack of understanding, because of the blindness of their heart. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, he's not, he's not trying to insult. He's not trying to put down. He's simply trying to point out The blindness of heart has a lot of problems, and it brings about a lot of grief, a lot of hardship. How much better to believe and have the light of the Lord shine upon us. Christ is the image of God. Praise God. I'm thankful we know he is God in the flesh. He can shine to you and for you. Amen. And when he said, let there be light, Paul makes mention of it in verse six, Second Corinthians 4 and 6. God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He's going all the way back to creation, all the way to the beginning. He has shined in our hearts. Not blinded our hearts, but shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So there again is the the oneness uh, aspect of who the Messiah is. The light shines out of darkness and dispels that darkness as he shines in our hearts. Amen. And the knowledge of the glory of God when the Holy Ghost is poured out. You know, uh, John 7, they that believe on him should receive, talking about the Spirit. The Holy Ghost was not yet given. uh, uh, Jesus not yet glorified. Thank God he was glorified and the spirit was poured out and that light can shine uh, in the face of Jesus Christ and uh, the blessing that we can see. First John 3 and 2, um, now are we the sons of God? I'm thankful that we can have an up-to-date experience. We can have something that's happened in our lives that is not just 50 years ago uh, or not even Five weeks ago is something we can have now. Praise God. Now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We don't know what's going to happen in the rapture or how it's going to happen. We know what is going to happen, but we don't know how. How is this corruptible going to put on incorruption? How is this mortal going to put on immortality? The Lord. Praise God. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. Amen. John uh, saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. John saw him uh, in Revelation 1. And his description is rather uh, a hard. You know, it, he's describing what he saw. In the first century and here we are in the 21st century and trying to grasp what did he see he's as white as snow he's like a flame of fire it's he, like brass burned in a furnace and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength brighter than that sun wow light 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 and more light amen That's what the Lord is. Praise God. And that's what we can rejoice in as well. New Jerusalem, John describes it in the latter chapters of Revelation. There's no sun, there's no moon, and the glory of God did lighten it. The glory of God that appeared to those shepherds, the glory of God is going to be in the heavenly realm to illuminate it. The Lamb is the light. Praise God. And we'll see him in all his glory. Wow. What an incredible experience that's going to be. Amen. And uh, I think it's good to just let our imaginations go as to what the Lord is going to be like in that heavenly realm. We have the description uh, that John recorded, but I think it falls far short of what it's really going to be like. Amen and in certainly being in the presence of the Lord forever is what's going to make it heaven. Amen. Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. Praise God. More than a song of reality, I think. Until then, we're going to keep walking in the light. Praise God. And we're going to keep seeking to reflect that light or shine that light to a dark world that we live in. I, I think boldness is what the Lord wants for the people of God. A boldness to proclaim His word. Amen. And uh, to take a stand uh, makes you a target, doesn't it? In uh, infantry training? Mike, did they uh, just say, oh, stand right up? Yeah, that live rounds going over you. Go ahead, stand up. <laughs> You're hugging that earth. <laughs> finding any kind of cover <laughs> but taking a stand for the lord makes you a target but is the lord going to let you face that alone oh no oh no anointing anointing and power and blessing praise god and thank the lord we're able to be bold and um and you know, the wicked flee but the righteous are as bold as a lion And thank God that the Lord can help us there to shine the light. Philippians 2 and 15. Be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom, I don't like to be among garbage like that, I don't like to have to rub shoulders with attitudes and teaching and, and um, condescension and laughter and persecution and all that stuff. But among whom you shine as lights in the world. Praise God. And um, we, verse 16 says, we hold forth the word of life. Amen. So we're shining and it's the word lift up the word, light up the world. praise God. Thank the Lord. Now number 6:24 um, a lot of the a lot of the church world, understand what I mean when I say the church world has become... Um, ritual, and wrote, and the same thing, over and over, um, with, with very little meaning. You know, the call and response, uh, you go through the motions, you've been in church for an hour, um, probably even less now, and um, you go home to live the best you can or live the way you want um, and uh this is recognized as a doxology where it's the final thing that is said uh, by the preacher as the folks are about to be dismissed and uh, race each other to the restaurant and uh, forget what was preached if anything even was preached but I want us to look at it a little different aspect here numbers 6, 24, 25 and 26 the Lord bless thee and keep thee the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Praise God. And I think that's a, that's a good statement. That's a good prayer. That's a good blessing. And I'm thankful that we can pray this um, for, for somebody else, um, uh, the wickers, for example. Lord, bless the wickers. Lord, keep them in your hand. Lord, let your face shine upon them now in this time of darkness and grief and sorrow. Be gracious to them. Lord, lift up your countenance on them. Give them your peace, Lord, your peace that passes understanding. Praise God. We can pray that for others. And uh, they may not know about it, but I guarantee you it's a blessing. Uh, that will be bestowed upon them. And then I'm convinced I can pray this for myself. Many, many times I need to pray this for myself. Lord, bless me. Lord, keep me. Oh, God, I need you to hold my hand. I need you to keep my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. We pray it and extend it. Lord, make your face shine upon me. I need the light that you can give me, Lord. I need to walk in that light. Be gracious to me, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Lift up your countenance upon me, Lord. Let me know you are near. Let me know your power is with me. Let me know you're a hedge around me. You're a wall of fire around me. You're the glory in the midst, Lord give me peace praise God nothing wrong with praying like that (laughs) amen in fact we're going to stand and pray it again because every one of us face uh, uh, different things at different times every one of us go through um, situations That nobody, uh, even even though they may have had something similar uh, that we know they went through, yet uh, it's not the same because we're we're individuals. We're we're um, you know, brother Rick had cancer, I had cancer, but our experiences were way different. But thank God, we've both been delivered, both been healed amen and so i i can recognize that but it's 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 still different and i still need the lord to minister to me and uh and i need him to shine that light shine his countenance give that peace be gracious to me praise god and uh, you know, I think it would be good for us just to spend a moment in prayer here. Go ahead and kneel or sit or come to the front, whatever. But I I want us to spend just a few minutes in prayer now for 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 ourselves, for our.